0: Wow, I look like my mother from this angle. I looked like a pirate. Not that my mom looks like a pirate. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Sorry.
1: The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. So I wanted to talk about Cobalt Red, Cobalt, and related issues. Yeah, Cobalt Red by Siddharth Kara.
0: That uh interview that he did with Joe Rogan. I guess there's a book, and is there a documentary? I don't even know if there's a documentary.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know all the details. I just it's a book. He talked to Joe Rogan uh, about it on Joe's podcast, and essentially he talks about. The cobalt mining industry, which is a rare earth mineral, which is being used in batteries for technology, like rechargeable batteries, like for your phones and electric vehicles and stuff. And so these this cobalt is uh, highly important in the supply chains of companies like Tesla, or not Tesla, I think Tesla is like one of the only companies that certifies that they don't have cobalt in the batteries. But um E V manufacturers, I thought, and I thought he said they were lying about that. That they all have cobalt and it's all bad. <laughs> well I think he was saying that they all all the ones that use cobalt, it's coming from this these mines that he described in the book. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, so companies like Apple though, they also use these, you know, the cobalt in their batteries and whatnot. So and all these companies are like big public you know, Fortune 500 size companies who say, you know, we certify all our supply chains, we're sustainable, you know, there's no slavery, nothing going on. And basically Siddharth Kara goes into these mines where they're mining the cobalt in the Congo and finds out that the working conditions are just really atrocious and there's a lot of seemingly slave-like labor going on there's even child labor. Young boys are working in the mines. And, uh, and the biggest thing he was saying is that they're not supposed to be what they call artisanal mining, which is like using a pick, you know, doing it by hand, and they're supposed to be doing it with machines. And he was like, but most, if not all, of the mining that he saw in the Congo was the artisanal mining, which is what the companies say is not happening. So the companies either are lying or they don't know what's going on. And there's all this sort of like really bad labor practices where people are working in unsafe conditions for too long hours, being exposed to toxic materials. And uh, and then, yeah, there's like guards walking around with machine guns. You know, it's like very, very difficult. And it was very difficult for him to go and like even document what was going on there. So that's an overview. That may be heavy to some people who haven't heard that yet. Um, but, uh, yeah. turns,
0: turns out that... Tesla does use cobalt, a fantastical amount. Um, oh, okay. But I was they, wrong about that. But it it looks like now, it's, at a certain point, it looks like not too long ago, they claim that half of their Tesla batteries, or half of their cars, are no longer using cobalt. So they're trying for... Oh, lith- okay. Maybe that's what he said. Lithium and nickel and different things, like just trying to figure out. But I think kind of part of the, what the guy was saying, like part of the takeaway is that this is mining dude. like this is just mining this is how it works is lithium mining any different there's something a little special about the cobalt mining like it's a little brutal i mean a little it's very brutal maybe comparatively but it sounded like the stuff that's going on in africa is just no good and it's not like africans either just Africans it's well it
1: didn't seem like an isolated event. it sounded like this is a particularly bad case of this but then it sort of raised questions about like well if this particular earth mineral that's being mined has such bad working conditions you know what are the conditions for other rare earth minerals that we're mining I can't imagine that this one would be just vastly different than all the others
0: yeah and I so did we make the point yet I feel like we clumsily explained that because I'm going to change not topics but A new approach on the
1: oh sure yeah go ahead I just wanted to use this case to talk about this issue more broadly but I think maybe the issue being like the companies talk about sustainability like Apple and these EV manufacturers and whatnot and say there's no slave trade or anything in our supply chains and this guy was like literally just go look at the mines like at the base level of the supply chain you see all these horrible working conditions that look a lot like slavery like these things would never be allowed in the United States and it, he was like, what's going on with these companies that say that, you know, this is fine and there's no slave trade and whatnot um, or bad working conditions? And, yeah, it's like either these people are liars or they are clueless or a combination of both. And then, yeah. Which I, I think kinda, Siddharth. We can start there. Yeah. I think the Siddharth guy was
0: like, like, it's OK. Here, Here's a recap. Cobalt's in all the batteries that mm-hmm. are a lot of the rechargeable batteries. you've heard like lithium ion batteries or whatever. so right. but there's all they're they all
1: your technology.
0: but they combine these metals, different metals and whatnot to like create reactions and get you that's how you're getting this electricity. So it's really bad practices as far as getting them out of the mind. So yeah, no, they're not really using machinery. They're getting paid like a dollar a week or something. The green economy with
1: its expansion and explosion, the demand for cobalt has gone up exponentially. Right. Especially during the pandemic when everybody went virtual, there was all this demand for devices and stuff.
0: Yeah. And the device the cobalt's good for apparently currently for certain things. Like, I mean, there's like a whole tool company, popular tool company called cobalt. And it's probably, I would assume that's probably somewhere because it's cordless drills and all that kind of stuff. And they're pretty decent, but, With the expansion of the green economy, demand's gone up, but they're still doing these like mining by hand. And with the the demand going up, like they're these natives of these countries, third world countries, honestly, they're like pulling their kids out of you know school to mine
1: with them for the same low, low, low pay. Right, and And that's why the kids are being pulled in, because the pay is so low they can't really live on it, so they need the kids to come work to help supplement the income they're getting from the operation. So low pay, high demand. Right. And
0: he, I feel like Siddharth Guy uh, was saying that cobalt is really good for certain things. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem promising that we can get away from it. There's, like, lithium-ion batteries, but for some things, like, that just – it doesn't really work. Like, you, the cobalt is needed in your cell phone. But if you think of the battery in your cell phone, it's like a credit card size versus, yeah.
1: you know. He was saying, like, that's the best material to use or whatever. Like, you could use other things, but the, you would make a trade-off with performance yeah. or durability or something. Like, cobalt's the best thing. Yeah, And the technology's not there. And your phone only lasts so long. You know what I mean?
0: It's not even, like... Like, imagine taking a cut, you know, or like power drills and power tools like it would be you'd have to buy 10 batteries, have them all charged up Mm -hmm. at all times. so You could constantly, you know, so there is nuance and everything to it. But as far as this, what I found so horrendous about it, other than the fact that like children are being like buried in rock slides and mining collapses and being paid nothing. And and he also makes a point, I guess, while we're on that topic, that. He actually offers solutions that I think are kind of obvious, like, you know, richest companies in the world. It's like you could pay these people $10 a week or $10 a day.
1: Right. Because a little, just a little more would make a whole lot of difference when you're at like a low level of income yeah. and a living wage for these people right. Yeah, wouldn't be that much.
0: Yeah. It, it's r- richest companies in the world, whether it's the mining companies or the cell phone companies or it's like this is when you really start thinking about it it's the question expands into like this huge problem because it touches so many things like it's like even like our economic theory or our
1: way of life and things like that because like you mean the battery industry in particular or you mean like just this practice of like at the bottom level of these supply chains where these minerals and raw yeah. resources are being produced. It's kind of we se- we tend to see things like this. What do well, you mean? because
0: I'm thinking like so here's just like a here's some random thoughts like this cell phone that I have here. I paid like nothing for it. Basically, I traded in a phone. But if I had. Purchase the phone, which I did originally, and then they're like, oh, well, if you just do this and this, you can get it for free, whatever, whatever. But this phone, let's just assume we all have to pay for them somehow. Well, what's the price tag? Well, this thing is like over $1,000 or mm-hmm. about $1,000. And so that's almost unaccessible. But there are another, another This is why I'm saying it, the problem expands greatly, even into like our culture and, and whatnot, because honestly, the phones we had five years ago are adequate, which I think Joe made that point mm-hmm. yep. or some somebody made that point. It's like, so we are constantly like, so we might start bitching like, oh, well, if you pay, let's say you pay $10 a day. Well, that's a thousand percent increase in pay. So it's a thousand percent more labor cost.
1: Well, maybe for that particular part of the supply chain. But if you think about all labor costs, it's like increasing their pay by a thousand percent might only be like a one percent increase relative to what you're paying your U.S. workers or something, just because the base levels are different. Yeah, that's one of the solutions.
0: He was like, hey, pay these guys ten dollars a day. Like, is it going to crush you really? Ten dollars a day. And it's not because they're the richest companies in the world. It would do nothing. But that that we know how companies like that operate. That cost has got to be incorporated and passed on because We Mm -hmm. can't actually take a hit. We have to expand or we go away. That's like the stupid theory that these megalithic companies and corporations seem to adhere to. And I get it. It's like basic economic theory. But there's something fundamentally wrong here that's detrimental to – like it's immoral.
1: It's like kind of immoral to even have these devices in a way. Maybe, yeah. I don't want to say that exactly. But, yeah, it is – like the profit at all costs, you know, reducing costs at all costs, uh, there's a limit to that, I think. And that's sort of what he was pointing out. Is like, look at these conditions. Like this is completely atrocious. And anybody who would see this would think this is unacceptable and it's totally within our power to make it better. And he was saying like little things like just increasing their wage a little bit would make it livable, reducing their work hours to eight hours a day instead of 12, increasing the safety conditions of the mines, giving them PPE, like protective gear and equipment. Uh, He's like all of these things could be done at relatively low cost to the company and they would make a huge world of difference to the people in the mines. And uh, yeah, and um, it's feasible um, to make it better.
0: Right. Like, so the immense, unfathomable, godlike luxury that we get from it is at the expense of essentially slavery, like the worst form of slavery that, that possibly that the world has ever known.
1: Well, that he was saying, yeah, maybe it's not like the conditions. The conditions are pretty bad. Maybe they're not as bad. But when you think about the scale of what's going on and... Because it's a global scale, like Apple's like a global company. You know, it's the largest, most profitable company that's ever existed, really. And this is like at the bottom of not just Apple's supply chain, but like a lot of different companies, like technology companies. And then you you just think about the amount of people that are involved in this. Yeah, it's staggering. And that's that was the thing that really struck me was that it's not. This is not like a local issue to cobalt. Like, yes, the cobalt problem is a real thing and we should think about that specifically. But it reminded me of so many other things like the cocoa farmers and the sugar farmers. Coffee. and Coffee, yeah. And like, so I can just talk through like the cocoa thing for example, there's like a documentary on Netflix, I think, um, about this where, and people will talk about it in marketing, they'll be like, oh, this is slave free chocolate. And partly they're doing that because like <laughs> The other chocolate has slavery involved at the bottom of the supply chain where the beans are being grown in Africa or whatnot. And it's very similar to the cobalt mines where they're paying these farmers such a low wage that it's not actually, like it's not untenable for them to just be engaged in the cocoa farm. Like they have to get their kids involved and whatever to make it worthwhile, like in, in order to be able to live off the wage that they're earning. And it's very disconnected from the companies that are selling it to you. So you go to the retailer, like maybe you go to a Walmart or a Target, you buy chocolate, and they're the retailer and they're buying it from, you know, Ghirardelli or whoever the chocolate company is, and they're buying it from a refinery, like a chocolate, you know, they're actually making the the actual substance and then they're buying it from these people who buy and sell the cocoa beans and the those people are buying it from local like distributors and the distributors are buying it from the local farmers. And so there's so many layers to the supply chain. And this is the problem that Siddharth really hit on was that like, it's so far removed that people just point the finger. Like you could say like, Apple, you're responsible for this. And But then the reality is that Apple is very disconnected in reality actually from the ground level of what's going on. Like no Apple employees are at the mines. You know, and just how no chocolate company employees are really at the farming operation where the cocoa beans are, but they are the end and ultimate purchasers of these things. And so you could say, you know, maybe there's some responsibility you have. And
0: they, it's not that they don't know though, either. It's just that their hands aren't in the actual, their fingers, not in the pie, but they're getting it.
1: They're, they're having their cake and eating it too, ultimately, right they might not know i don't know how what extent people well, he, know or he don't said, know he said he
0: said that there's no way you know he and he's the guy that went in and was like listen there's just there's just no possible way that somebody that there's not a very high level uh position in these companies somebody does know you know and they obviously know because it's half to, half the time it's they try to use it as a marketing technique, you know, like just like you were saying, like there you get you can go to the store mm. now and buy chocolate and it says like s- b- this chocolate you know is slave you know no slaves slave were used free in, you know whatever, it's like yeah. what an interesting marketing tactic
1: okay you know so. Well, yeah, I don't know. I kind of give the people the benefit of the doubt because also I've worked in a technology as company as usual, and <laughs> I I really think like people might not know like the majority of people don't know. You're so far removed, yeah. And maybe there are a few people who do know. The procurement the officer knows, you know, like somebody's He at least said. should know. It's like his responsibility to know these things. Yeah,
0: and and the fact that. If you are, he, he kind of made this point too, like if you are an Apple employee that should know and maybe you would like to know, I can't imagine you wouldn't investigate this to some, because you might think, what if we could just cut out a middleman? Like, let me let me check. And But what they're going to find out is you can't even check. You can't go there because you'll probably get killed. Literally. Right, like, it so, was very dangerous for him to go, which he talks about, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I mean, these are first world countries own the, the mines in the third world countries. But these first world countries, you'd think, oh, well, certainly Germany or Holland or whatever these places were or these French mm. companies, even these American companies uh they probably have first world business practices you know it probably it has the, you would think it could have the potential to like lift these people out of poverty or whatever mm-hmm. but in fact it's not happening like that at all and in, instead the front gates to the operation is high level employees you know like managers walking around with AK47s like that's how they
1: keep this going right yeah and so i do want to get into it it might be a little nuanced so like, AK-47s is probably not what they are using. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not new.
0: <laughs> A, probably closer to like AR-15s. So I'm just saying. They've got big guns at the front. You know what I mean? They're walking around with firearms. And that would be like walking into, you know, wherever it is you go to work. And to get in, you've got to go through
1: <laughs> oh military, you know, guys at in Apple's black fatigues. headquarters. Fatigue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just imagine. We would never allow that in no,
0: the exactly. United States. The same.
1: Um, Yeah. So I was gonna say it's a little nuanced because so it's not like Apple or whoever uses these raw materials or the cocoa, the chocolate companies. They don't own the, you know, refineries or the mines or whatever. It's like these other third parties, you know, that are intermediaries between the low level and the higher up levels. And it's it's kind of like this bottleneck that happens typically. This is how it works in the chocolate industry is that actually in the middle of the supply chain between the farmers and the end uh, producers or sellers, there's only a few, like a handful of companies that sort of monopolize the middle of the supply chain, which in the chocolate supply chain is sort of like the chocolate trade, like the the price for beans, like whatever, in the international market. And um, But it gets confusing. So here's one way you might say, why does this happen? And so the people you know, let's go back to the cobalt thing. Like the people who are selling the cobalt, like the mines are, you know, they are their businesses. We need to mine the cobalt. We need to get it out. And then we sell the the raw cobalt and we sell it to, you know, the the people who are going to use it. Like maybe you sell it to Apple. I don't know exactly how it works, but just to illustrate how this might happen. And they, the mine has to run a profitable operation, meaning They have to sell it for more than it costs them to mine it, which includes how much they have to pay these people to get it out of the ground. Now, if you're selling to a few large companies like an Apple or something, those people have a lot of buying power like because they may buy millions or billions of dollars of stuff from you. And so they have incredible leverage in these negotiations and they can say, no, we're buying at this price and you have to do it at this price because that is the only thing we'll accept or whatever. We have these financial targets. We're buying all this stuff from you. You have to do it. And, and we'll buy, you know, we here's your options. We buy, you know, every ounce of this cobalt or we go somewhere else or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're going to play off your competitors. And so you may say, you know, sort of be out of luck like you just have to, you know, do it at the lowest cost possible. And so that might mean that you are incentivized to you know, engage in some of these shady practices where you're not paying these workers very much. And then the responsibility question becomes a little more nuanced because it's not like, oh, we could just say the people who are employing the miners directly, those are the people who have total responsibility because partly they're dependent on Apple to buy their products. And if Apple is putting pressure on them to lower costs, lower costs, lower costs, then maybe also Apple should be responsible for you know, putting that pressure on them that causes them to use, you know, these really unsafe labor, working conditions and whatnot. So, so it is a little bit confusing. And I think that's one thing I wanted to sort of talk about is like the responsibility question, because it is complicated. It's like, who is responsible for this? Because you could say directly the people who are directly involved in it, like the mining operation, for example, the people who are hiring these people who are working in the unsafe conditions, they are directly responsible. And I think that that is true. They're probably the most responsible, but they're not the only people who are responsible because you have to think about what are the conditions that that cause these people to be working like this and feeling like they need to work like this. And so you have to look up the supply chain. Um, and then I think the farther away you get, maybe the less responsibility, the less proximal responsibility you have because you don't know as much and also you're not as directly involved like i don't think a lot of people at these tech companies even know
0: if you're apple and you go okay you know fine we'll pay a higher price you'd the negotiation would have to include like we'll pay like if apple were actually trying to address the problem let's just you say you go okay well we'll pay a higher price but that doesn't necessarily mean cobalt miners are going to pay their employees more, it may just mean that the cobalt mining companies just get more money for the same situation. You know what I mean? They've Mm -hmm. got a pat, they have to, so it's like a, it has to be a multi, they have to pass it on to the workers too. Yep. Mm -hmm. So because you can, you can point at any point on the, on the chain and say, because there's a, there's a level at which you could even say that it's our responsibility you know, like don't buy the like next end consumers. Yeah. Don't buy the next latest phone, whatever. And you, but you'll always, you all, and I don't think people would, except for you do get incentivized.
1: Like Apple's putting out a new phone every year, like buy the new one, buy the new one. They even like maybe degrade your software on your existing yeah, exactly. phone. You know, exactly. Apple, yeah.
0: And Apple's a, a little bit different because most people do end up paying cash, I think. But, you, but then you have the cell phone companies that give you a deal. That makes it feel like your phone is free you know mm. like my phone was basically free right even though it's basically top of the line it's not apple but it's still got the stuff in it so it's like it, it, i feel like the pressure the on the end consumer is muddled and it, it would actually be difficult i think to even Pass the message on by let's say we stop buying the phones. Well, what's Apple's who? What is the tactic going to be? Well, they just figure out a way to incentivize you to keep buying it, anyways. So I go, Well, I'm not going to pay a thousand dollars for this phone because and you know it's linked to this horrible practice. And then they may go, Well, what if the phone is free? Well, then you go, Well, I mean, it's a pretty hard bargain, you know, like I guess I'll take the phone and yeah. and the message of not buying the phone has to come along with the practice of not buying the phone like apple has to know i didn't buy the phone because you ultimately employ slave labor and it's not mm. and it's and i think it's a it's a type of practice anyways that's not even i mean this doesn't like uh, apple it wasn't there like a story not too long ago about like apple having like factories that People were jumping out of the building. That's not even the cobalt mine.
1: That's like in China. Yeah, the manufacturing plants in China. People were committing suicide, jumping off the building. It was really terrible. So
0: you have all sorts. So this kind of practice is like if you're on the ground level, and you're a a first world country. If you're an American company, a Dutch company, a German company, a French company, and you're you own the mines. Like, come on, you know, like it's you. You know, It's your responsibility, and right, it's directly. so far away from us. And people – there is something to – I mean, dude, free trade chocolate is like $10 a bar. It's very expensive, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. eat as much chocolate if you're going to charge me.
1: Right, and people will say that's like an economic argument is that – the, these things are not priced properly. Like, they're actually underpriced relative to what their real cost is. And people yeah. have made that argument with things like subsidies and whatnot. Like, when you subsidize something, you you end up artificially lowering the price, and so we overconsume that resource or whatever because people aren't able to make efficient decisions yeah. about how much this actually costs to produce and whatnot. And the, the other thing I wanted to are, say... Are the oh, go ahead. Wor- I was just going
0: to say, the Amer- Americans are the worst at this kind of thing. So, like, I was listening mm-hmm. to a. My friend has a podcast, uh, Monica Perez, uh, the Deep Deep Dives podcast. Deep Dives which, with Monica. Shout out Deep Dives. Um, find it on Spotify. This show is brought to you by Deep Dives with Monica uh, Perez. Um, no, but it. This guy was. Uh, I think he's from somewhere else. His parents immigrate. He's got a British accent, so he's European. And he himself, his parents come from another place, like a place with like he sounds I, I haven't seen the guy but he sounds i think his name is Noble and i think he's from his parents are from a maybe something like a third world country somewhere like an island nation he kind of has that c- kind of twang to his voice to his accent okay. but he's very british so he has these two perspectives and and then Monica he's who he's talking to the Amer- you know an american
1: Meaning like who's awesome. the two perspectives being first world and third world. Almost. First world, third world, and
0: he's talking to an American. So there's like th- multiple perspectives going on in this podcast. I just found it to be interesting. But what he was saying was he was even mentioning like some of the disposable type of things that Americans use and even to someone who's essentially a British-born uh, or UK-born individual that it's like difficult to get them to adopt like even like throwaway wipes, you know, like wet wipes mm. and things like that he's like and i ha- I actually had a girlfriend one time whose mother was from south africa she was originally from that country that doesn't exist anymore what is that we talked about it um, rhodesia rhodesia so and she would tell me like pa- paper towels like it was so kind of like mind-boggling to them and then the way i would use paper towels versus how she would use like they would like had the compulsion like wring their paper towels out and dry them and use them again you know so Mm. we're so like cultural difference i'm saying that like americans are even more extreme maybe than other first world countries yeah we're so consumer driven we're so disconnected Mm. we make so much trash and that's i think one of what they were saying is like they didn't even know how to handle it you know like to have so much disposable material or products Mm. It's just weird, you know, it's difficult to even manage the, the trash that's produced from that kind of thing. So that's where I think that like a cultural element for us as like Americans comes in, we're just so weird and disconnected and consumer driven. And even to change that, I think would be, it's a difficult economic situation because we kind of run on that. Like we are a consumer culture. Mm-hmm. We and and then what we try to export, which is hilarious, one of our main exports is culture. Right, right. Like Hollywood mo- and what our movies, and- our music, our stars, our even our business moguls and all this kind of stuff. We export that. And of course we would. And of course and that's probably directed to some extent. It's like manufactured messaging to some extent, because that's good for business. It's good for us. Mm-hmm. Because that's how our company, a lot of our companies actually make their money right? make their profits, you know, is through. So if I can say, like, how do I get more people to buy? He, he, that noble guy gives such an interesting example. I can't even remember what it was, but it was like, he was basically pointing out like, how do I convince you to use a wet wipe instead of a, a mm-hmm. you know, for well, I don't know if he's talking about, I can't remember what he was talking about, like diapers or babies or something like that. Well, was that like-
1: was the other thing I was going to say. It's like annoying to me almost that people, like I feel like the message, the only message we hear publicly about waste and consumer culture and better business practices is like aimed at consumers. Like it's like consumers need to choose. We need to make better choices. And it's like puts all the responsibility on individuals, like the end customers. And I'm like, most of these people like you and i like we don't know what's going on we barely have any of the information like we don't and we don't know another
0: way because we're Americans and we don't even we don't travel to other places very
1: often right you know right. What I mean? you can't it's expect like, people to do that yeah i was it's raised costly, throwing
0: yeah. rolls and rolls and rolls of paper towels in the trash and i will say as the price goes up i do uh, we do use less like, we definitely definitely right. use less like if it's when now they're exactly. th- three, four dollars a roll of paper towels. You're like, what? Like it's literally soft paper. Like that doesn't even mm-hmm. make sense. Why is a roll of paper towels cost as much as a book? Like, come on, you know.
1: No, it's a, uh, it's crazy, and I think uh, it's like you know, for chocolate, for example, you know, it's like we. Weed- nobody who's buying hardly anybody who's buying chocolate, like understands the chocolate supply chain, like the people who are in the business, like in Ghirardelli, a lot of those people don't even understand what's going on at the actual farming level. So it's like, you can't expect consumers to know like what is going on. Like they buy, you know, they're hardly invested in this and they buy lots of things. So I don't think it's reasonable to expect consumers to be able to act. And I think also that's the other thing. I think when you think about responsibility, you know, back to the point I was trying to make earlier and talk about this a little more. It's like, I think responsibility, part of that is baked into, like, what is actually possible for you to do. So you can't be held responsible for things that were not within your power. You know, like, and I mean, you can think about that in, like, a legal trial or whatever. Like, we can't hold you responsible for something you would have had no information about or had no ability to do Versus if you have the ability to do something and make a change, then you're responsible. And so I think that's the proximal nature of things. Like the people who are most able to do something about it are the people directly tied into the supply chain. So like the people at the mine, you know, hiring these people, overseeing their labor, those to me are the most culpable people. And I guess the one thing that did kind of frustrate me about the narrative Siddharth had, which I he's done great work, you know, exposing all of this and going out and talking about it. And it's very tragic, and I can imagine why you would be very frustrated. But he kept saying things like, We need to hold power responsible, like apples needs to be held responsible, blah, blah, blah. And I was sort of like, but also the people at the mines, like those are the people holding guns to other people. Like you can't tell me that's the same as someone who works in Apple corporate who has no idea that this is even happening. Yeah, you know, but, like, but I think
0: his point must must be that it's going to be way easier or way more effective and way more possible to get to go like so we as consumers could try. This going to be way more effective if a company worth billions and billions and billions of yeah. dollars goes and says and and wa- you know waves their dick around or whatever and goes hey let's let's not we're like we're gonna do this differently like you've got to make a difference like
1: yeah and there's definitely some hypocrisy there like they said they were doing that and they're clearly not doing that like to the degree that you expect them to be doing that
0: which is why i can't which you say you know Give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, they had it, and then they squandered it because now they're now they're marketing and mm, claiming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, they're yeah, claiming to have cool. information about that and go, no, no, we fixed that. No, we don't buy that. You know, whatever. And he's like, his point is, they must be lying because I went there, and I'm, I'll tell you now, there are no, every mine is artisanal, I, or maybe there's one with the exception of one that is. Is right. not enough to actually supply the market with cobalt. So yeah. you have to get the cobalt elsewhere and that those come from these mines. And now, now a lot of people with power know what's going on. The mining companies always knew.
1: The middleman always knew. Apple, maybe they didn't know but now they know. Right. So maybe he's just saying that that's the best solution at this point. Yeah, I could see that. I guess, though, when I think about like, how do we prevent these things from happening in the first place? I just think you have to empower the people who directly are in the situation to be honest and act morally right. Because to me, it's easy to see how like, unless there's someone like Siddharth Kara going in and exposing this, it's like, it has to be exposed because it was hidden, because people were lying about it. Like, people were being lied to. Like, and you think, who's doing the lying? And it's like, well, probably, like, the people in the middle of the supply chain. Like, the people, the mines companies probably like, look, we don't have any slave labor going on because that's what the company wants to hear. And so, to me, that is, like, directly, you should be directly held accountable. Like, you have directly lied about something, So that's moral accountability. You know, it's like, I don't know that you can really directly hold I mean, now you can say directly you can hold Apple responsible because they lied about like, we knew what was going on in supply chain and we said this wasn't going on and it was. And so it's like, you did a bad job of ensuring that that wasn't happening. But you can also think that Maybe they tried to ensure and they were lied to about what was happening. And I just watched Sea which is like another documentary on Netflix, which is if you want to be disappointed about your seafood and the seafood industry and plastic in the oceans, just watch that and you'll be depressed. <laughs> um, but one of the things they talked about was like this dolphin safe tuna label. And so there's like this label you can get on tuna and seafood at the grocery store they'll say dolphin safe which means that in the catching of those fish like no dolphins were also caught and killed by accident or you know whatever it's called cross catch like when you catch other fish other than the target fish and they die in the process and so that happens with dolphins sometimes and so they were there's this company that gives you this label that says this is dolphin safe meaning no dolphins were caught in the net when they were going and doing the fishing and So they interviewed this company, and they were like, how do you know that the, you know, dolphins are not being caught in the nets? And he was like, well, we can't guarantee it. And he was like, we have some observers that go onto the boats and are supposed to report, you know, whether or not they're seeing anything that shouldn't be happening. But in reality, those people could easily be bribed, and they were getting paid off to lie uh, to the company and also those people uh, they talked about how those people were sometimes and I don't know if it was in this particular like the the dolphin safe label but in other similar cases those observers those people who were supposed to be reporting what was going on if something bad was happening were being silenced or being killed or going missing and so there's like corruption happening at the ground level and then they had a whole business model this tuna dolphin safe tuna thing where they were actually being funded by the fishing industry. So how do they, how does that organization make money? Well, they sell these labels to the tuna companies, and that helps them sell more, or whatever these fishing companies. And so they have a direct financial incentive to, you know, not really enforce like, hey, fishing company, you need to really change this. You need to like invest in more costs. And like, we're not gonna give you this label because, you know, we're gonna make money from selling this label. So we might as well just give it to you and whatever. And we're sort of, we're in your back pocket, essentially. Yeah. And so, I was just seeing, yeah, like, it's like, where do you point the finger? And to me, it was like, very similar, where it's like, well, at the ground level, like, some people are legitimately lying, so that's one thing, and may, other people may not know because of that lying. And then, I think, yeah, the other issue, in terms of responsibility, is maybe the point you were making, is like, thinking about the economy as a whole, It's like, When you have such distributed systems of decision-making, like one company doesn't have visibility into the entire supply chain and all the decisions that are made, I think that you have a less than desirable moral incentive, or maybe things become less moral because it's not overseen by a consistent group of people. When it's more uh, disaggregated decision-making, maybe you end up with less ethical outcomes. I don't know. Maybe that's possible. What do you think? Uh, I mean, kind of one of the things that makes me think is that
0: like we, our culture and our way of life here in America is overextended. So, and I, I don't even, I think there's Mm -hmm. like multiple ways to think about it, different and multiple like arguments to be made for why one way rather than another. And it's kind of like how, it's sometimes more difficult to find certain produce. Some produce is more expensive at certain times of the year. But for the most part, most produce that's sold in a grocery store is in the grocery store 365 days of the year. And that's abnormal. It's odd. And it takes even out of season, right? Because, okay. Raspberries aren't being grown here. Now they're being grown on the other side of the planet. The price goes up, but they're still in the American stores. And at what cost, you know, like just maybe you don't eat raspberries outside of raspberry season locally, you know, Mm. because I think that the more it's kind of the same thing with like politics. Like, how do you fix a a system that's already in place that has that is like extremely large, global, far reaching and embedded? It's local. The more local things get, the more effect you can have. Mm. it's going to be really difficult to, for a community or you in your city or me in my city to have any effect on national politics or global politics. But the more local you focus, the more effect you can have. So like for me, for example, there's this shop down the road and they sell Kratom and I buy Kratom and sometimes I go there. And the last time I was there, the guy was like, by the way, this probably won't be here next time you come. And I was like, "Why?" Mm. And so a couple times prior, I had gone there, and he, somebody there, had told me there's this fucking lady in the county government, and she has like some crazy vendetta against kratom for some reason, which she has, I guarantee you, absolutely no idea what kratom is. She has absolutely no idea. It's literally a leaf. She's like she Karen running around, <laughs> Who running knows? A, running around with a bunch of power, and so because nobody did anything, because nobody showed showed up, and said, "Hey, lady, oh, fuck hmm. you, we don't want this, you absolute garbage human
1: piece of shit."
0: Like we,
1: this they could is have a- done something a little nicer, maybe like you know, here's like the, the facts or whatever. But
0: yeah, I guarantee you, someone like that is not responsive to fa- to facts they're responsive to image or whatever, you know, whatever it is mm, that mm. makes her feel like this is worthwhile. Cause it's not worthwhile. It's bullshit. And what you're actually doing ultimately, ultimately because it's a legal substance m- in most other places, you're stealing revenue from a local, from a local business. And now I'm going to buy and spend my money and my tax dollars outside of this County, mm. probably outside of the state on some online company that's disconnected from me completely because you're fucking around with local business. That's all you're doing. You have you're having no effect on anything. Ultimately nothing is going to change. And Kratom is helpful for a lot of people. Most people that get on Kratom like bad or like in a way that maybe she thinks that they are are actually better off doing that because they're using it to not do heroin. They're using it like to the get alternative. off of, of pain yeah. pills. You know what I mean? It's worse because it works yeah. for those types of things, and it's 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 a mild substance that's literally related to the coffee ground, and it would be literally like, oh, some people out there
1: drink like ten cups of
0: coffee a day and have heart palpitations. So right. we have to. And probably that
1: lady's not out there banning like the cell of opiates in the county. No, she probably doesn't give a shit. Which are way more abused than freedom and le- is and lethal. Right. And deadly, and lethal, yeah, much and, higher toxicity. Yeah, and
0: there's so there's a million other things to be doing, but we have these people who are doing whatever they want, accountable to absolutely nobody because the local people don't do anything. They they'll bitch and moan and fight and riot over some bullshit that the president said or that some governor or uh, senator in California said, but in Georgia, right here, mm. be- under your nose, there's people. Dicking around with your your economy, your ability to access products, and that's where things change. So, in this like global sense, where it's like it spreads out its tentacles like this, and you try and what happens when it these tentacles are out like this? It's you cut off a tentacle to like fix a problem, and three more grow. So you cut off the dolphin. Like a hydra. It is like that because it's like the dolphin thing. What you do is you go chop this, this arm off and now three new arms emerge. One that's like licensing to fishing boats, a new whole industry of stamp giving, a whole mm, industry yeah. of fulfillment and a new, you know, checks and balances. But those all end up being corrupted. People die. People get paid right. off. It all entered because it's just it's every time you cut it off, it gets there's more emerge and they they reach farther. And so you have to, like, I think the local concept is, like, at the heart of the beast, ultimately. And it's it's counterintuitive because I think that, in a way, we actually do think of it that way. We think about it as a thing with a bunch of tentacles. We have for hundreds of years. There's comics from a million years ago in our newspapers literally, of, like, yeah. of literally hydras and tentacled creatures touching everything. And so you think that at the center of that is the system or the government. But it's really not. It's that... What you there's like you, however you want to think of it whether there's a thousand hearts and one of them is in your local area or there's a thousand tentacles and ten of them are on you and you're trying to chop off tentacles in California and at the national level and in Washington and in New York and all these places when in reality you're being strangled by a tentacle that's right there before you and in your local community in you your mean, local community yeah. and if you cut that off that's you that's your best chance of survival is to is to stand your ground in your place and to say this is this is our place and right. we'll we're do not th- doing this here yeah we we want to do it the way we want we want to do it and and you have because you do really have those you have like uh you there's a website you can look up there's like some kind of like smart city thing and cities are like signing up for, and there's conferences like global conferences for mayors of cities in Georgia which is completely crazy to consider because there's thousands and thousands of mayors. who. What's the interest? Who's who's orchestrating that? What nonprofit, what not NGO or whatever is what think tank is trying to do that? I don't know because I haven't looked into it but there is one. There is many and That is another global tentacle, another way overextended arm meddling in your own local business. So that's kind of how I think about it is like – and I think that's a way of thinking and like a way of being that could bleed over like so back to like technology and Apple and Cobalt and all this stuff. It's like maybe uh, calm down and don't get the latest phone, you know. Maybe the yeah, last well, iteration was fine. I didn't even want to get a new phone because I couldn't find one that didn't have 5G in it, and I don't want 5G. I have a 5G router, and I turned off the 5G antenna because I just don't think that that stuff is safe. I think that iteration after iteration is unnecessary, and it's not for me. It's not because well, don't they don't want my phone to be even better and even faster. They want to hook up more and more things to... The pipeline, your toaster, your smart fridge, your this, your that, your smart meter, your smart water, your smart everything is being connected into something that's that's why the billions and billions and billions of dollars get poured into those little bits and pieces. And they're sold to us and because your porn will stream in a higher definition. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be able to have Netflix on and Pornhub on your phone, Netflix on your TV, and somebody working in the office, and your smart refrigerator telling you that your milk expi- expired. And you know what I mean? It's like, do you? And that's, it's another one of those American type things. And it's not just here, but we are like so fast to just buy the bullshit, you know? Mm hmm. Coca- and, and that's how it always is, because Coca-Cola doesn't tell you how good Coca-Cola is, how tasty it is, how healthy it is, because it is none of those things. It's disgusting caramel-colored corn syrup fizz shit from, made with tap water, and <laughs> their advertisement is polar bears and Santa and happy. And then Americans go, yeah, polar bears are important, so... I like Coca Cola. I mean, like the it doesn't even the marketing doesn't even make sense, but it works on people mm-hmm. some somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a byproduct of being an idiot, like a, a, a an empty vassal of the consumer state, basically.
1: Well, I don't know that it's like being an idiot necessarily, but I do think yeah the the consumer state thing. It's like kind of back to the point you made earlier. It's like what alternatives do people really have and. I think, yeah, part of it is, like, inculcated now because I don't even think people – we don't even have a public discourse about, like, how might that be reprehensible? You know, like, hey, Coca-Cola, like, this is – Because we're
0: overextended, though. Like, look at uh,
1: smaller countries. Like, look at France, for example. Like, they're kind
0: of socialist weirdos, but there's a lot of diversity But you know what the French do? It's a great pastime of theirs. They protest about like everything all the time. They are like socialist isolationists or socialist individualists or something. This weird thing where it's like (laughs) they, but they get together and they like riot and burn shit in the streets because the government doesn't give a fuck and they know that they don't. And it's a little tiny country the size of like Uh, the panhandle of Florida, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when Mm -hmm. you're little like that and you're cohesive and your community is tighter geographically, especially it's probably the same problem. America and Africa probably have similar issues. It's freaking massive. And everyone wants to regard you as a, as a single unit. And then Mm. they want to, and in America they want you, the America itself wants you to regard yourself as a single unit when
1: you're really not. You know, we're- yeah, it is interesting. We don't talk about like Europe in the same way we talk about Africa. I feel like we talk about Africa as a monolith and Europe it's, as like it's individual huge. countries. Geographically, yeah. it's
0: massive, and why? It's probably why the EU is a thing. Like we need yeah. to like get together so we can be big geographically.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say yeah, maybe just we people don't know, and there's not a lot of criticism publicly about. You know, hey, Coca Cola, this is not good for you. This is not good for our community. Like, what, what? We need less of this, and you need to stop pouring advertising dollars into convincing people to buy something that is not good for them. Um, which is, yeah, I think there's a lot of that in the food industry. That messaging is you know. bad for Coca Cola, though. Right, right. Because let's face the fact, Coca Cola is a shit product. That's the right. that's the it whole would be thing bad about
0: Coca Cola, yeah. And that's the American situation. That's what I'm saying. It's like paper towels, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, McDonald's. Like fuck those places. That's not good for you. It's bad right. stuff. Like it's like yeah. it's like not it's objectively not good. It's objective facts and people some people care, some people don't care. I haven't been to McDonald's in like <laughs> 15 years, you know. Same, yeah. So, the and I you know why I don't go there? Cuz I don't I don't believe it's really good food. I'm not saying it doesn't taste good. I'm saying I don't think it's, sa- like, healthy. I don't think it's safe, literally, right, right. to eat that food. When yeah. I eat it, I, like, am doubled over in pain. Like, I don't think that's good. And But it goes to show you what you can become accustomed to as well. Right. And, and that's, I think, the case, the situation we're in. We're, like, accustomed to all sorts of stupid stuff.
1: Yeah. No, that's true. The other thing I was thinking is kind of, like, you know, the you were talking about these governors or whatever, mayors, meeting at a a conference, and maybe that's not local. But I was kind of like, well, maybe, you know, there's some benefit, like, to best practice sharing and meeting with other governors and other places to see, like, how, you know, what works in other cities? What are some benefits and cons of other things that people are doing? And I could see there being a lot of benefit, and then you could maybe extrapolate that to, like, trade and interaction, you know, generally, and say there's benefit to... You know, seeing how other people do things and interacting with them, but then I think, yeah, you you also have to hold like the mayor accountable. Like, the mayor shouldn't just be, you know, go to the global conference and then some companies like, "This is going to be amazing for your city," and then just, you know, thoughtlessly go back and implement something that's totally not going to work in their local community. Um, So I think there's, yeah, not to say that it's just bad to go to like a global thing or to have global influence.
0: I think it is bad Mm. because we're not all the same. Like we are all people. Yes. But like it comes up in like the gun debate. Sometimes it's like rural New York and New York city are different places. Like I disagree as far as like that, that that means something different should be the case with as far as like owning firearms or whatever. But there is at least some logical discourse from some people on the left that says, actually we can recognize there to be a slight there's a, a decent enough difference between like the city and the outskirts or the you know the rural areas that's worth looking at so i don't need george soros or whoever some think tank you know billionaire uh, whatever <laughs> yeah that has horrible globalist tendencies and ideas that has absolutely no scruples and no moral qualms with disregarding any of that because what they want is clearly by dint of what they're actually doing. Global forums for mayors were being an example. Like, that's a control system. That is, we need you should all, can we all? go back and behave the same within our communities. Can we all get on to a sa- the same plan? And whose plan is that? Mm. And like, I don't know if we ever published our episode on it, but it's like what happens in those meetings is exactly the Delphi technique, but it's a manipulated version of that where the goals are directed by thought leaders and the questions are formulated for p- particular answers. And you get a, uh, like
1: pigeonholed in the Delphi technique is a research method used to identify what the consensus is among a group of identified experts. But people have pointed out that maybe sometimes it's used to create a consensus that would be acceptable by a large group of people because
0: It's literally a consensus-building tool. Yeah, it's sort
1: of like the minimum viable language that a bunch of people will agree on as okay or acceptable.
0: Right, but it's literally, it's like a, it finds something, but what it's finding doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily useful. It's literally a consensus-finding tool. That's what it's meant, that's why it was developed, to find consensus between experts. And they say it's like, the method itself like eliminates like bias Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know bandwagoning and on all that but i would say i literally think that the opposite basically occurs like it's a it's like uh it's a framing problem it's it is better than direct peer pressure but what if we're not comparing direct peer pressure with subversive peer pressure you're just saying it's easier to get people to, they you know, the argument being it's easier to get people to be honest about what's really needed and what's really where things are really going. They also use it for future predicting, and it's hardly ever correct. Which is why it's called Delphi, another, like the Delphi Oracle. The Oracle at Delphi yeah, in mm-hmm. Greece, yeah. So, I,
1: I mean, it's not just my opinion either. I think that that's... Other people have thought that too, but it's also kind of just like the least yeah. common denominator in... The rhetoric about something because it may go something like this where they create a survey and they say like what are the common issues you know in this field or whatever like maybe they say the environment and they're like what are the biggest challenges facing the environment they ask so-called environmental experts or whatever they'd send out this survey they get them back then they consolidate all the responses and take out the themes the most commonly said things and then they'd send it back to all those people that they surveyed and they say, you know, they get more feedback. They'd be like, okay, are these the things, you know, that you think are the most important? Do you have any comments or whatever questions? They get that back. And then maybe they'd send it out one more time and have people like rank them or whatever, or get, you know, people's agreement. And then they'd sort of run some analysis that says, you know, like this is the most sad thing, and most experts say this and agree with this and whatnot. And you try to get to the... Which all of that does is squeezes out the minority. Right, yeah. You know, and it's it's, it's literally
0: like a facilitated mob rule scenario. In my yeah,
1: opinion. and sometimes, you know, you could say that they they try to, like, deal with disagreements and objections. But I don't know what you would do. Like, if most people were like, this is how it is, and one person was like, no, it's not. But the one person ended up being correct... It's like, well, you could end up with an outcome that looks like this is the consensus about blah, blah, blah. And it's it's just, it may be the consensus, but that doesn't mean it's right. Um, and so anyway, yeah, so say back to your point about these mayors, it's sort of like, yeah, what is this yeah, agenda thing? I could take your point about like, you know, really you should be focused on your local community and the local problems and whatever your local business is. You don't need to be thinking about, ideas and you know whatnot from other places the interests of powers foreign and far away so to say
0: yeah it's like it's just like the kratom example it's like that probably is a national agenda and they've tried nationally multiple times and it keeps failing because nobody wants that and so now it's just going to happen on the local level and who knows who influenced her who lobbied her who's paying her to make this happen why would you have a vendetta for against something that almost nobody even knows about, anyways. Right, right. You know, like no one even knows what kratom is. You probably it's probably in every gas station you go to. You just don't know what that crap is. Yeah. And sure, it may be lacking in regulation, but like, do your f- own freaking homework. Like, be local about it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. D- like so, because that's now what we end up with instead is like this lady go- going around smashing windows. Okay. And you have to the, like the only, well, I made oh. that part up. But it, like the best, the example, the best approach is to go to her who's affecting your life mm. and go, "Hey, lady, no, 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 we're not doing that here." Like, so these people, by getting us not to focus on them at all, end up with magnifying their power because nobody's looking. Mm. And so these little, little peons given little modicums of power are able to exercise it completely unopposed and when it is opposed it's only going to be opposed within a dialectic of left right this party that party rather than mm.
1: community based where it's like interesting yeah like you're worried about the tyrant in the white house when you really should be worried about the tyrant in your local legislative building <laughs> i guarantee you 99 you could ask
0: 100 people in this city, 99% of them, you know, I would say probably 100% of those people, you'd have to get a really big, it's less than 1%, know the name of the mayor of our city. And, and I'm saying they don't know the name and they wouldn't recognize it if you said it. As you said, here's a list of three names, which one is our mayor? They wouldn't oh know. God. They'd reliably be wrong. Whereas you do the same thing with... Uh, Gavin Newsom, or some random senator in California, Nancy Pelosi. AOC. Maxine Waters. Little sure, nobodies. Yeah. And they've 50% to uh, to 99% will go, yeah, I've heard that name, or yeah, I know who that is. And I know their position, and I know what's wrong or right about them. Nobody knows, not even the fucking name. I don't know the name of the mayor in my city. Mm, mm-hmm. I used to when I was paid more attention and I don't think it's changed for like 50 years, but that's the facts. That's how we
1: are. Yeah. And it's stupid. Well, yeah, I wanted to pivot a little bit, maybe to uh, another issue that I was mentioning earlier. It's like maybe consequences, one way to think about it. Um, It seems like, so back to like the fish labeling thing, shenanigans, you know, where it's like, we may have organizations that come in and try to do some benefit that say, you know, we'd like to encourage good practice or whatever. We see a lot of bad practice happening. We're trying to, you know, act as a, a pendulum in the other direction. And that's great and all. But I think at the same time, you also have to have legitimate negative consequences for wrongdoing and hold people accountable. And that, I think, is the problem that I was seeing in like kind of the fishing industry and whatnot and you were saying earlier it's like you know it kind of just scammer's gonna scam you know like they'll you change the rules they'll just figure out how to find out a new loophole or whatever and so if three more tentacles grow in the place of the one exactly yeah so you need to find out a way because it's like particular people who have a lot of influence who are acting in bad faith that need to be stripped of their influence that's really what was going on. That's what the cobalt red guy basically said. And
0: that's what he's doing. He's like, he's like, there's, he said, I can give you names of companies, names of company owners and CEOs. And then he said too, he's like, we can actually, we don't even have to cut off everybody's heads. He's like, just, I'll take them there. We'll just, let's go check it out and see if how it sits on your conscience. Like, let's just go look at it. And that's, I think what people don't do and they don't do it for different reasons. In that case, if being a CEO of Apple, I don't want to look at it. It's going to fuck up my sister, my situation here. And I think that that ultimately is subconsciously what people do on a national level. They focus on the, the broad because it's inconsequential. Mm. You don't actually have to do anything. You just bitch, literally. Just, wah. I don't like this. I don't like that. Senator in California likes this and that. Who gives a fuck? You're from Alpharetta, Georgia. Like, get over that. It doesn't yeah. matter. And why don't you want to look at your mayor? Because you have to fucking excuse your language, show up, and do so, and and confr- have a, a confrontational s- situation. And we live in a world now where people don't even want to walk mm. by somebody on the sidewalk because they're so isolated in their digital environments and their homes and what whatnot versus real world stuff, which is actually right outside your door, and it doesn't take a whole lot. T- you don't even have to get that confrontation or that involved. I don't shop at Kroger. That's a decision I make consciously. I try. I have not been since I've made that decision to Kroger, because immediately in this, when the pandemic happened, they said all of our people have to be vaccinated and all this stuff, which they probably walked it all back. But I don't care. Too too little, too late, mother. <laughs> now you know where I go. <laughs> now I I go to this little shop down the road. Ingalls, which I don't even think it's a national brand at all. And that's as close to like a community grocer as you can get in this area. And so that's who I get my money to. And it's not a little money either. It's when you go shopping, especially nowadays, it's hundreds of dollars. Like 200 bucks, 300 bucks at the grocery store. And I'm not giving it to, to Kroger. So congratulations, Kroger. You fucked yourself out of three hundred to a thousand dollars a month potential from a single customer. Thank God I don't have kids or you'd be missing out on a lot more. And I'm gonna give it to the Ingalls company because they didn't go showing their tits and going, Oh, we love vaccines too. It's like make your decisions, you know, like it's not even like moral. It's just like having the most tiny amount of like dignity and honor like to like say something feel something and then stand for it and do and act accordingly. It's so yeah, simple. Yeah,
1: it does feel like corporations have gotten too big in our country. Like I feel like we are approaching like a fascist state like where our 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 country and our government is actually run by corporations, like private interests and just a handful of them because only a handful of corporations are actually big enough to wield uh power and control and lobbying at that scale, and we think that those are the right tools to use too. Like, we think that you're supposed right, to use right people. Even say that they'll be like the company, they'll advocate for the company lobbying. And I'm like, no, we need companies to stop lobbying. Like, no company should be lobbying. That's ridiculous. Why would companies have in their hands in, in the pockets of our government? It's like the company doesn't care what's good for the public, they care what's good for the bottom line, you know, what's good for them. And all of this going. And
0: all you're going to get out of it is more bureaucracy, legislation, regulation. And that is the – so back to the Kratom example. The right approach is not to do any legal anything. The right approach is to say, stop, lady, right where you are. We're not doing that. There is – so what. it's the total opposite. We're not putting in a law. We're not putting in a regulation. We're not doing – so – but everybody, left or right mm, or whatever – Left, right, thinks, and center. We need a to regu- – yeah, we need to regulate this way, we need to regulate yeah. that way. We need laws to protect this, we need laws to do this. It's like look, you live in a country where there's so many laws. You could never read them all. And there's so many words written that there's absolutely no way in hell that there's not contradictory, overlapping re- leg- regulation and legal bullshit and then it benefits those in power because Apple mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even the fish even the fishing like the ones who have fishing licenses get to do the fishing.
1: And so they end up with a market share that's unbelievable. The ones who can afford the fishing and the licenses get to do it, which means it's already the big companies, which stifles competition. Yeah, Or who
0: have already had them for 600 years since before America's founding. That's the same grandfathering it. So it's just, that's the system and that's a problem. You really don't want more, you really don't want more regulation. You just, what you really want is to be left alone And if you could just start ripping those laws and those regulations away, you would reveal that I think a lot of the conflict would go away, at least on the local level, because everyone's freaked out because everything's shitty. Right. Everyone's up in arms because everything's fucked up because stuff is too expensive because I can't get my kratom and it's because of you motherfuckers (laughs) on the other side or you over here. Like everything is all contentious. And so, but I think if you remove all of that, you end up having to fend for your own a little bit, and then the community emerges naturally, because we can all agree that we actually like the farmers' markets. Right. Okay. Yeah. We like. We like. We don't want another fucking Applebee's. We don't need another Chili's or a Longhorn. One is plenty within a fifty-mile radius. I'd rather have local restaurateurs open a restaurant, but you know why they don't though. Because it costs upwards and over $30,000 to get a freaking license to sell beer. And then you're going to spend probably $100,000 if you'd like to also offer mixed drinks. And who wants to go to a restaurant where you can't have a beer or a wine or a vodka tonic? Nobody. So again, you have global or fully national corporations that make shit food, they make it's all microwave, mm-hmm, mass yeah. produce the same thing in every in every state in every city. There's no variety, and it sucks. It's the worst, but that's what these people want. Like that's what globalists want. Why? Because look, it works. Because if if I can make a theme in my chain restaurant that everybody's kind of cool with, and what does that look like? By the way, uh, I can have a little bit of a theme, but it's got to have seventeen. 75 inch TVs playing every channel it's got to be playing this kind of music and it's got to have this kind of food at these kind of prices
1: and not too offensive once to anyone. That,
0: it's got to be yeah right and McDonald's is a good example what they did to like lower their prices over the years is instead of like buying potatoes they just bought their own farms they just make their own potatoes now mm. and that's like a, a siphoning up that's how globalism works mm. It it actually centralizes Leads everything. To consolidation, ultimately. That's maybe, how. at least the regulation part. Yeah, of and it. The, and it steals way more than an ideology that you have. So, what? So I don't have to make the case from the left or the right because I don't give a fuck about the left or the right. I think they're both Nazi fascists or something approximating that, because that's all they know how to do is pull and wield and forge weapons of war power weapons of manipulation they just know how to pull political levers and forge new ones and that gives the power to a class of people and that's called the political class the lawyer class the whatever class and then even at a certain level that gets siphoned up and it becomes even more politicized and more at a a level of like now we have like think tanks with like the most powerful people in the world, including like Oprah and stuff like in like CFR and Davos. And you're like, what? And now they're talking to industry and they're you know what I mean? It's like, what, what are we doing? It's just like during the pandemic when they were like, we need to get black community activists to go to barbers and preachers and preach things about COVID, a narrative about COVID and how things vaccines are safe. So you want outsiders doing all that? You want people that have, if I'm a black guy, I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't need, don't be getting and bleep this out, I guess, but like an Uncle Tom, someone who's (laughs) willing to take take the power from the power structure and then turn over your own people, turn over your own community, basically, and go, yeah, I'll take that message home. And that's what the political class does because that's how politics works. Everybody knows that. It's in every show. It's whether it's a historical fiction or a modern drama, we all know that's how power and politics operates and we nobody watches that encounters that, sees that and goes, "I like this. This is good. I hope it keeps working this way and gets more and more like that." Because what you end up with is people who can't even open a salon or cut their neighbor's hair for money that can be counted as legal income because they don't have the license that probably trickled down from some kind of national standard somewhere along. I mean, every it's going to touch everything. And that's stupid. If If someone cuts your hair in a way you like, let them cut their hair. Hello. You know, like let them cut the hair. That's retarded, literally retarded. Tyranny. It's beyond there would be in another time and a hundred years ago, there'd be a there'd be war over that kind of thing. Full
1: out war because it's unbelievably
0: invasive.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, a lot of the licensure systems are invasive and a lot of things. Yeah. It's like, but who's
0: going to protect the dolphins?
1: It's like, I
0: don't know, but not the political class, not the NGO class. Look at Black Lives Matter. What'd they get? Billions
1: and billions of dollars, and now they're known to business essentially be fraudsters. Yeah, but then, too, the other thing, like for the fish or the dolphins, it's like, what's the other problem to me? And it's like, well, transparency, and then I think the solution to that becomes localism. Like, you would know if you knew the fishermen. You know, it's like...
0: Yeah, the, the walls of the slaughterhouse, or the abattoir, are solid brick, You want to regulate what's going on in there? Okay, but you don't know because the walls are made of brick. I think it was, what's that guy's name? I don't know who said it, but somebody said it's as much a real possible concept as it is a philosophical concept as regarding like slaughterhouses. Mm -hmm. In order for it to be right, and the way you would know it's right is if you could have glass slaughterhouses. Mm -hmm. Let everybody see what's going on. If it's not so bad, then it's then nothing's. Then what's wrong? We'll keep eating. We're not. We all know that steak is dead cow. Right. Right. We we know that. We all know that chicken is dead chicken. But what we don't all know is that when the chickens are when the egg laying chickens are born as males, you throw them into a grinder. They don't know that egg laying chickens or poultry chickens are, are, their beaks are knocked off. Yeah, it's terrible. As, babies so that they can't peck each other because they're overcrowded in factory farms. I think that is what people have a problem with. That's what, that's, what's being hidden behind the black, the brick wall. Not, what's not being hidden is that they don't know that hamburgers cow. Right. Right. And that was, yeah, you know, and so that's not regulation. That's direct between you and me and my community and people that eat of the community of hamburger eaters, which guess what? Luckily for the hamburger people, It's a massive population that actually is a national population. Everybody, okay, a lot of people like to eat hamburgers, so there's no no middleman needed. We want to know what we're eating. Show us. We want to know what what's going on. Show us. If it's not a problem, it's not. Then what's the problem?
1: Yeah. Literally. Yeah. You know. No, I uh I agree. And that's what I was thinking about the yeah. the sea spiracy thing, I mean, some of that stuff it's like if you just saw it and that's kind of the cobalt thing too, it's like if you just see it, you'd immediately realize how wrong it is and how we need to stop this, you know, from happening and change it. Yeah. Because we're flooded with information but we know absolutely nothing.
0: We have there's no real transparency, but we're swimming in a sea of information. Yeah,
1: it is like we seemingly know nothing meaningful about the economy or our lives or how the things we engage with day to day work. And yeah, it is kind of, yeah.
0: Look up, look up meat glue. Okay. That's what you eat. Meat glue. They like put pieces, chunks of like meat together, glue it together. So it looks like a filet, but it's not. My God, what, and people can't, nobody can tell the difference. Yeah. It's a real thing. So it's like, it's gross. These are the kinds of things that like would just reveal themselves. I had this, I mean, I've even thought about this with this little mushroom thing. I'm trying to start. I'm like, I don't know what, like, who cares? Like, what's so great about it? I'm like, I don't, maybe I I just had this thought, like I could have a, and it would be a entertainment as much as it is marketing to, but it's like genius, I think. And it's like, you could have a live stream of the whole process. Like if I'm in there doing the mushroom stuff, i will just be like, here's what I'm doing and just have it all on camera because I think. Radical
1: transparency.
0: Yeah. You know exactly what's happening. You just like, this is how I do it. I put take this, I put it here, I put this in there, right. I let it sit here for three weeks, I take it back out and then I put it in a box and that's the whole process. You, there's no hidden yeah. anything. No, people crave that, so, I think
1: too. And it's like, we just, there's so little of it in our society. It's genius. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm a little hopeful, honestly, on that sense. I think we can have a global trade and a society that you know interacts with one another. I just think we can't have large global multinational corporations running everything and controlling all our local governments and whatnot. And so I'm like, that needs to stop. But then I'm I'm hopeful because I'm like, I think there's room for competition on transparency and ethics and morality. I mean, you kind of see that a little bit in the chocolate thing. It's like, I do buy the non-slave chocolate. Like I'll buy the chocolate that's Five dollars, ten dollars, because I'm like this is better. And partly I think that happens because there's more chocolate companies than there are other like cell phone companies, for example.
0: Right, and lots of people are trying to do it, and it's it's actually chocolate. It tastes better usually. Sometimes it tastes like complete <laughs> yeah, don't know what whatever. That's about, but... Sometimes you get when you're like, I've... this tastes like sand. I don't know what this is. But this is too natural. It's um, <laughs> got some dirt in here. This, yeah. I... Put some Hershey's stuff in there, but there, but it's, but it is a multifaceted situation. Like so, because you could buy cheaper chocolate. It's like Hershey's, but it's not that you don't buy Hershey's. Right, price isn't the like, only thing you compete on. It's the cheapest, but it's not. It might taste has a, a taste that seems better, but once you Chemically. realize that it's like literally not <laughs> yeah. chocolate, it's it's probably not sourcing free trade chocolate. It's, you know what I mean. You, what really drove the ten dollar chocolate bar? Information, transparency. Right, right. Why don't I eat that? Because I found out that Hershey's chocolate is disgusting ultimately. Because I found out that this chocolate tastes better. Because I found out that this chocolate is different, is made in a way that I agree with from how it's sourced to how it's manufactured. And that's all that happened. None of that was regulation. Right. It's all nonprofit stuff. And I'm sure that at certain points, those nonprofits will start absorbing power, absorbing sure, other nonprofits. Yeah, they corruption. They might there get too. some their we might give them a, the ability to give out special stamps and seals and all that. But
1: that's why you gotta always stay vigilant, because no system is uncorrupted. Exactly. Yeah. I think corruption is really the heart of it all to me. And it's like how do we stop corruption? And I think on some basic level it's like transparency and accountability. And I think the transparency leads to accountability. I think you you don't have to enforce accountability if you have transparency. I think transparency leads naturally to accountability because if people know they don't patron you and they punish you for, it's like socially, if you do something bad.
0: So, right, so you'll buy a $10
1: bar of chocolate now and it's essentially because of transparency. Right, because I know that what's going on in these other companies is not something that I want to support. And I'm almost like, I see it as like both, you know, Uh, benefiting the one company that's like no slave checker but it's also like punishing the other companies it's like no you're not going to get any more money from me
0: and now why so now now we're on the flip side of the coin and you can look at it from a different perspective why is hershey's losing those customers for the exact same reason but the opposite they're not transparent right right and and maybe if they were that would be a problem for them which means it's there's a cancer there. There's a rot right. that you can't be transparent. That's the problem with Coca-Cola. You can't be honest. Because you there's nothing you can say anymore. You know this and it's why you don't do you don't tell us about it. There's nothing about your product that's good. There's nothing you can there's nothing no information to tell us about it that would be like, oh good. Oh, I should buy that. So you just have to try as much as you can to keep that behind closed doors. And tell me a different story that makes me think you're being transparent, and somehow it has to do with fucking global warming or the or trash. And so. I'm like, mm. what? Like what? And the people fall for that is the most troubling right. thing to me. Is yeah. that, like these, like why are you on board with the same things that the corporations are on board with? They're funding these projects like fake global warming and all this stuff because it benefits them. It's their whole right. strategy. They're not moral because it's easy to say. Yeah, because you can't see the fucking weather because they – because you're not a weather scientist and then that – therefore, they can convince you that you don't know what weather's like and what, what's going on. Right. And that th- you don't know they're spraying the skies and controlling the weathers and have been since before Vietnam as admitted in documents that the government holds currently that are available to read. Right. So, which which also, again, if we had transparency about that and we knew they could control the weather, maybe that's not a bad <laughs> thing, but maybe – Okay, we'll make it rain on the fucking farms in California then. Sure. Instead of probably what you're doing is stop make instead of stopping making it rain. Like I don't know what you're doing, but if you can make it rain, and you're not being transparent about that, then now the community can't even make a decision. They're just given false options. Right.
1: Well, I don't know about the the weather thing. We should come back to that at some point and talk about that more at length. But to come full circle to the cobalt thing, it's like and all this green stuff and sustainability. It's like, what oh, yeah, is yeah, sustainable? Yeah. Yeah. About the cobalt mining that was exposed, you know, it's like that is not sustainable. Those people cannot make a living wage. Well, it it may be bring their children into the mines, and it's like, well, there's a lot of Africans, (laughs) so maybe
0: it is sustainable. So maybe that's what I'm. I'm just saying that, like, you're being tricked by focusing on sustainability. Why don't? How about we focus on not slaving people, like not running operations like that? Sure. Yeah. Maybe you could frame it. I don't give a fuck about. we don't need to see if it fits into our our morals and virtues like sustainability and global warming and all that. Like, who gives a shit about that? That's un, it's irrelevant. It's not true. It's a lie. What is true though is that every day millions of people interact with this industry of slave labor
1: every single one of us every right. single person, well that was every single yeah. person i mean you could say that there are more important things that we should be worried about and whatnot but i was just saying like it's even worse than that it's like even if you do take them at their their word and their face value and say you know this is more sustainable or whatever it's like literally not like you look at the supply chain you're like that how is this sustainable? Like, how is this good? How is this better? How is this green? Like, how is this good for the environment? This is so toxic. And what? Well, yeah.
0: Look at the benefit to industry in our economy that the cell phone has brought. It's an immense tool, a very powerful tool that many have recognized as being highly influential on being a prominent, lucrative, high functioning economy. What is it doing for the other countries? Literally, they're getting enslaved, so they're not getting the same benefits. And maybe the cell phones do trickle in, but nobody agrees that that should be how it is, right? Like you, no one, no one listens to Cobalt Joe or whatever that guy's name was, Siddharth Kara, whatever, <laughs> and go, yeah, nobody sees, hears that story and goes and tries to make up a reason. Once you see, once people see. Trans, and something other than a lie that's how you know that people were being lied to it's cuz once you see it because you have humanity you go holy shit right i don't know what i don't need to i don't need to fit it into sustainability arguments and right. green arguments and i i just need to see it and i'll go i don't want i don't know what i want but i don't want that i figure something else out if you want and they well, it's not fair we have to figure it is fair you have billions of dollars figure it out i don't care like we don't care we won't care if you show us, we will. I think. I think there's enough humanity in people that that I, again, we are the way we are because we don't know anything because everything's being hidden to us and it's being hidden to us through lies, because the lie incorporates a part of this narrative that oh we're revealing something yeah. to you. It's like they're giving you a fake conspiracy, like, oh, global warming and the green environment, so it's a new movement. And it's like, well, what? look at it. Look at it, really. What is that movement doing? It's literally trying its hardest to break and to create a whole new economy. It's all money. Yeah. And so, of course, you're being lied to. That's how it all works. And we know that because a big component of the green thing is all this batteries and electric bullshit and they haven't come up with any other better way than this cobalt situation so that is not like you were saying it's not sustainable but and I was calling this previously I forgot to make this point but I called it the Walmart method or the Amazon method which is come in set up shop keep it keep it quiet as far as what's really going on sell everything at Undercut a loss your because you can locally you can handle take, taking a loss open three or four Walmarts once all your competitors go out of business in the city close down two keep one raise the prices and now we can go look it's so great and sustainable and brings prosperity mm. but it was all done through bullshit fucked up means and that so that method just like Amazon just did the same thing you know it's like we're books oh we're this they operated at a loss forever. Yeah, it's like who cares about the outcome if the means is bad right because here we now we have amazon and it is profitable well of course it is you fucking sucked up half the fucking economy Yeah. and now what is amazon it's not cheaper than the store and it's full of chinese garbage 90 percent of the time you have absolutely no clue what you're getting and the the directions are in broken english the advertisements in broken english they're lying to you saying that it's a sustainable company a local company uh A woman-owned company, a minority-owned company. I looked at a company recently on there. None of those things, all were advertised, zero were true. With Amazon's stamp of approval, it wasn't the company saying these things. It was they were telling me it's a local company. I looked it up. It was Chinese from
1: China. Right. Amazon's like certifying it. Yeah, kind of like the seafood thing. It's like, oh, my God.
0: Right. So why do I shop there? Because of a fucking wall
1: of lies. Because we were were not told what Well, was that's true. the thing. We were not told the truth. Yeah, I wanted to hint on earlier about responsibility. It's like, to me, the biggest, most egregious error came down to dishonesty and lying. And I was like, because you could say, oh, Apple, you should know. And it's like, but at some point, someone lied. And... And then a lot of lies happened, a cascade of lies, a web of lies, you know? And now we don't even know what's true, you know? Like now we don't even know where to point the finger. Where was the original lie? I don't know. But now we've got a lot of lying going on. Like everybody seems to be lying all the time. And I think that that's a deep cultural problem. Like even in, I've been working in a technology company that I don't work at anymore. Um, And I noticed it even there. I was like, it's like people are lying all the time. Like. Lying about what they're doing at work, lying about how great and amazing things are, lying about the outcomes that we've achieved, lying about how much progress we're making, lying about their performance and the performance of others. Which
0: is half the time, half the time it's just lying through omission. Exactly. I, it's
1: not like egregious. It's
0: focusing focusing on the benefits, you know, like, but the milk is cheaper Walmart, But yeah.
1: we, have, da, 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 we could do this, we could do that. It's like, yeah, but at what cost? What are you not telling me? It's always lying you can get away with because that's how it works. It's never like the egregious lie. It's never like, I mean, it's, it is sometimes, but most of the time it's like the the acceptable lie the like ooh, there's a little bit of truth in it but i twisted it you know i contorted a little bit for my own benefit or whatever or i omitted the really important part or you know i told you in a way that made you think something else that wasn't really what i was saying um
0: you know it's like that kind of yeah, stuff yeah and that's super
1: tempting it's super. everybody tempting. Ca- like, has the potential to do that. everybody this is like the corruption that lies in man's without heart without even yeah. knowing
0: it yeah. Without even knowing that you're th- that you're exactly. doing evil. Yeah. A lot of times I think people literally do that because you don't you're if you got to tell someone how good you've been doing at work for your review. Wh- what are you going to tell them how good you've been doing at work? You're not going to tell them how bad you've been doing. Right. Right. You know, you're not going to tell them I- anything that I mean, just n- and not because you're like hiding it, but because
1: you probably believe those things about yourself. Right. We all over inflate our own importance and sense of self and. I mean, that's the fundamental attribution error, too. It's like we uh, attribute the good things about ourselves to our own will and, you know, the bad things about ourselves to situation. And then we do the vice versa for other people. Okay. But so here's a question. Let's say that because it's so
0: tempting and we all want to do it and we all do do it. It's part of human nature, maybe. Yeah. There are things that all of us keep secret. Right. You know, that we don't or that we don't like, for example, well, at least it used to be, but like a lot of. What happens in your bedroom? That's you don't go sure, around telling yeah. everybody that. You don't want to say that the answer to everything, and maybe it is in like heaven, but that the answer to everything is full transparency all the time in every regard. But because maybe because I am someone who enjoys my privacy, you know, sure. I'm a private person. <laughs> so, but at Literally a certain level a miss on this
1: <laughs> podcast,
0: I know exactly. My like, my name is not Mister. Not a mr anonymous so, tell us how anonymous know, like you are that. so this is why i always get back to the individual because i'm so i am so in line with those that kind of thinking that i think what it ultimately does actually end up making you do is consume less do less because you don't know much so, if someone starts a company and they're making i don't know like makeup or something like lipstick, but it sticks better to your lips if you add just a dash of super glue to it. But you don't want to say that because that looks weird. But now so what's the answer? Well you have to list your ingredients and if you lie about that, there's regulation, you get in trouble, yada 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 legal mm-hmm. system. It's so that what does that end up being licenses and that just keeps growing and growing. And I think that's an evil too. It's a problem because it's, the Hydra, it's like what know. we talked about before. Like it kind of takes it takes And it takes your responsibility away, gives it to an agency. The solution creates new problems, yeah. Yeah, you give it to an agency, and then you go, well, they've got it handled. I don't have to think about that. And we want to do that to a certain extent, too. So I guess mm-hmm. I wonder, what do you do about that kind of thing? And I think, for me, I go, well, I'm going to be really vigilant, and I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist <laughs> to a certain extent. Because I'm going to assume... That if I heard a couple people tell me, hey, that lipstick you're wearing, I heard that has super glue in it. Well, in a world where there's really no regulation because we don't want that, I'm going to go, that's interesting. I could believe that. It does stick better than the other one. I am buying it for a reason. You know what? What do now? And the answer, I think, is not what we're accustomed to thinking it's not <gasps> another group another regulation another industry another organization a stamp of approval da, 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 da. all of that is the wrong approach the right approach is tell somebody else find out somebody just needs to find out can we get a guy right. or write the company you know write the like company ask a scientist direct
1: mediation like hey yes I've come, it's come to my awareness that maybe this is in your product is that true and if it is like Why are you doing about it? It doesn't seem right. (laughs) Explain yourself. Yeah, I'm going to take this lipstick. And if I care enough that I want
0: to keep wearing it and I really, really like it, I'm going to take it somewhere. And if I find out it's going to cost me $2,000 to get this analyzed to figure out the super glue in it and I don't have $2,000, I guess, you know what? Go back to your community. Listen, community of people who like this lipstick, there is a thought that this may contain unsafe ingredients. We need two grand. We got to get this tested help me get two grand i guarantee you you probably get 10 grand you know someone's gonna go okay yeah let's find that out because there's ways to to make that lucrative there's news outlets who want an interesting story right, right. there's activists who want to do activity or whatever they do <laughs> activism. There's i just made that word activity. yeah activism they activity <laughs> anyway yeah that's i make up words but um yeah you know what i'm saying like i'm just saying that's a different way of thinking and i think that that's a right it's a different it's a different approach and it doesn't come along with all these unintended or intended consequences of putting a prison around yourself and around your your community and your neighbor and the haircut guy because we've just already seen what that does we have to try something different Right. You know, it go if you want to cut hair and you go run out there and try to do it and realize you need uh, $1.5 million to start a haircutting business. Well, I guess you won't be starting a haircutting business. And the problem is all this stuff we thought we were putting there to make it better for us
1: and the community, but it didn't. It made it all worse. Because you can get
0: a bad haircut
1: from yeah. great clips. I mean, I think. Back to what we were saying a second ago, like it all comes back to everybody is has corruption in their own heart, you know. Like everybody has incentive to lie and twist the truth to their own benefit, and that's what I was saying about corporate too. It's like usually it's not egregious. It's like it's just the corporate BS that seems a little disingenuous. Like when you listen to the investor call or the CEO talk, it's just overly positive like way it's like toxic positivity you know it's like a ted talk right and it yeah it comes across as disingenuine and not true and there may be some truth in what they're saying and partly that's they're kind of leveraging that there is some truth in what they're saying to get across the lies you know it's like the vehicle for the lies and so i think everybody has that sort of incentive and it's like how do you prevent that and i think yeah you have to I think the other big thing to me is like morality and character. And I almost don't want to go too far into this because we're so deep into the podcast. But um, yeah, I just think you have to have a moral structure to your society. And it really seems like as we've become an increasingly secular society, we've lost a moral structure to our society. And then it's like, what's the backstop to like people just being completely self-interested and hedonic like what is the social mechanism to stop people from doing that and to hold each I other accountable? I think it is
0: trans- I think it is the transparency because I believe there is some humanity in people and we've outsourced because we've outsourced the, because we've allowed the brick walls of lies to be put up and we believe and chosen to believe them that it pacified us. And so we have no opportunity to act morally, to do a virtuous thing because we've outsourced all the virtue and all the morality so the
1: police keep order, not the community.
0: Sure, sure, yeah.
1: I think partly that's one thing. But then I'm thinking like, so you have that and that's great. But then I think even in an organization or a firm or whatever, like and I've worked in them and people lie still even, you know, like people are overly positive about their own department or their own performance. What's going to stop that? And it's like, You know, because people have to be transparent about their personal lives and endeavors as well. I think the more opportunities you give people to do moral behaviors, the
0: more they become acquainted with what it feels like to do the right thing. And what it feels like to do the right thing is it feels good. So when people are lied to and they tell and are told Mm. what the right thing is, like to go to the Capitol on January 6th or go burn down a city with Black Lives Matter, those people are are getting a feeling out of that. You Mm. know, they're they think they're doing something good. They're wrong because they've been lied to. But if things were transparent and we didn't off-shoulder so much responsibility, I think we'd be more accustomed to and acquainted with what really truly does happen. Because nobody's going to go to Siddharth... Kara. Kara <laughs> and you say, you piece of shit. You know, like you out there by yourself, all holy rollers, standing on your high ground, showing us how bad we are. Fuck you. And if you do say that, you keep an eye on those people because they don't have a conscience or there's something going on there Mm. or they have some interest. No one's going to say that. So you get to actually stand up for things that you actually believe in and nobody's demonized and ostracized for it because it's irrefutable to the majority of people who have even a a modicum of humanity left. And I think that Mm. that's why you get people who are totally willing to stand up and lambast a CEO That runs the company they work for, for not being down with pronouns, but all the people that won't stand up, that have the opposite opinion, won't stand up because they have not had enough experiences standing for something Hmm. and it being meaningful or supported or whatever. And I think it's because a lot of the battles are chosen, the battles that come to the forefront are always the weird ones. They're always difficult. And there's always one side that sounds, that has a special ring to it. You know, they, and once those things get formulated and off, taken off your shoulders and put onto the shoulders of the Supreme Court, put onto the shoulders of the legislators, put onto the shoulders of your senators, put onto the shoulders of somebody else, then you kind of have to go, oh, well. So I think my, my point is here, if things were more transparent and we knew more and we weren't, didn't have so many lies clouding our vision, you wouldn't have that. The neo-pronoun thing is obviously retarded and stupid and inconsequential. And the fact that people are focusing on it at all from either side is completely and utterly immoral because you're using slave-made phones. So (laughs) I don't know why the fuck you give a shit about pronouns, but you're an idiot and you don't need to be talking. You need to go home, shut your mouth, and don't speak because you're an irrelevant human being at this point. Because there's other stuff... So, and that's a stupid case so it's stupid uh, for anybody to stand up and even make a comment about parts of speech that doesn't matter the ceo of a company shouldn't should never think about mm. pronouns well, like, only people thinking about pronouns should be grammar teachers
1: yeah you know where it does matter no in a in a world of lies where The lies are the fabric of reality. Like, the language is the reality. Like, whatever I say becomes reality because my lies, I'm fabricating reality. And so I think it's very telling that we're very focused on language right now. The lies hide the truth. Exactly. And so it's like, no, the truth isn't just the truth. It's not obvious for everyone to see. It's just whatever I say it is. It's whatever, you know, the language I use about it is. It's, you know, whatever I can lie And it's like, and that's why I think we're so hyper-focused on the language these days. And, you know, the word police and the pronouns. And it's like, I can be a woman if I say I'm a woman. And it's like, no, we are so sold down the river. Like, it's- And it's the oldest trick in the book.
0: It's the oldest trick in the book. It's like, I'm going to pull a quarter out of your ear, even though you just saw me put it in my pocket because I was distracting you over here with this hand, which is doing absolutely nothing. Right. I'm pretending I'm doing something with this hand. And you looked at it and I had, I took your wallet right out of your pocket. And then I gave it back to you and you went, Oh my God. So amazing. You must be powerful. You must have magic. You must, I believe this. And probably people at one point in our history believed in magic a little more, Hmm. you know, they were more willing to, to not understand. But now you get enough lies piled on top of each other. Like you were saying, it actually is no longer just obfuscating the truth. It's presenting a total alternative. So now we're being told, we know there's problems. Wait, but pronouns. Wait, but 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 warm weather. Wait, but this, and then you, all, everyone goes, huh? and turns their neck and looks over there, and all the while, every all the other stuff keeps happening. Cobalt mines still mine cobalt. Slavers still enslave. Liars mm-hmm. still lie. Politics still seek power. All these people, because who's who's rubbernecking? Us people who are just trying to like be like regular, just normal people. You know, we don't, we don't have levers of power. We're not driving the spaceship. Somebody else, there's lots of spaceships and they're driven by very powerful people and very powerful organizations. And they don't give a fuck about pronouns. They give zero fucks about pronouns. Jeff Bezos, no fucks given about pronouns. Doesn't give a shit. All he cares about is money, money, power, and Amazon. That's what he cares about. And rockets, whatever. I don't know. It's rich people shit, but they're the ones who are like pumping the messaging look at where that who they donate to all the charities so they can get their tax cuts what charities black lives matter global warming this uh equality that all this all this toxic shit is that they're putting out there that there's no way they care about that stuff there's just no way because it doesn't have anything to do with money and power except for the fact that if you're focused on it I can keep getting money and power right yeah and we get close sometimes you know, like when the richest men in the world are blasting gajillions of dollars worth of trash into outer space so they can show how big their dicks are <laughs> while the rest of the people are in squalor and economies yeah, yeah. collapsing. And it's like, hello, do you guys not get it? Do, do we not get it? Like, how do you not? Get, how do you not get it? Like you are getting a message from a group of people that could not care less about the message that you would not even know about if it weren't for them. So don't listen to them. It's okay to say, fuck billionaires. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean like let's hurt billionaires and let's steal from them and redistribute their wealth. It means fuck them. Don't help them. Don't fight their battles. Don't go for the worm on the hook because in there is a hook Mm. and it's, you know, and they're going to throw you when you got a, big, massive corporation. It looks like just a million free meals out there. And it's not. It's Nothing is like that. Nothing is so good that it can't be true. So cell phones communicate through outer fucking space with no wires somehow connected. I got 4K shit right here from anywhere. And I can talk to you, see you, find any information I want in the world. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it's this amazing. Well, because it's not. It's made with slave, slave shit from like slave cobalt. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that people need to wake up to things that they already know. Like, I'm not even saying an interesting thing. I'm just like, yeah,
1: well, I think I'm
0: I'm just saying that scammers are going to scam you. Like,
1: yeah, to me, it's like the devil's in the details. And it's like, because it's easy to point out the egregious things that happen at the most, you know, abstract levels and highest levels of society but then I think those are the accumulation of the, the tiny lies you know, in daily life. And those are the things that are harder to pin down. And I think those are the things we really need to think about standing up against and identifying. Because if we can't identify the little lies, then we're never gonna stop the big lies. you know, Because if you can't maintain a good relationship with someone over the long term, which requires you to be honest with that person, then you're never going to be able to fix the government that's lying to people all the time and dishonest. You don't even know how to be honest in your own personal life. What What do you mean you're going to be telling us how to, you know, fix large government lying, you know, which is a web of lies, you know, which is like multiple people in power lying at multiple parties. You know, it's like, no, we like you need to sort it out in your own life first. And that's the difficult thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but that's probably a good yeah. place to end it, but... That is. Honesty.
0: There's a spider on my microphone. I saw that. I was like, that's scary. He was going like this.